You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. store in LA. Right. He was introduced to me and he, he was very nice. So I get the job at Letterman and I have a little like pre-meeting with him and he, so I said, look, I so you walk regular, in his office. I, wa- I was talking to Barbara Gaines and uh, in her office. Yes. Right. And, and they were talking to me and Maria Poli. No, no ding. Oh, Maria. And, no. Yeah. And yeah. Maria Pope. Maria Pope. Maria <laughs> Poli I went to college with. Yeah. Uh, Maria Pope, and so there I'm in the, and they're asking me what I would do as the warm up kind of stuff, and I figured this who was the warm up before you? Uh, Wally Collins. Okay, he did it. but then he got some spe- some TV thing right. or whatever. So um, so anyway, so then Dave walked in to Barbara's office, and it was like, oh okay. And did, I, did your heart say? Yeah, yeah, it was like oh my god. And then so he just did asked you have me, resting smiling face um, <laughs> the whole time, <laughs> and uh, but I was just it was kind of cool, and I said. I told him one thing. I said, you know, what's interesting is that Mitzi Shore at the comedy store, who was not only great to me, mm-hmm. but great to my son, who's a comic. It's mm-hmm. another whole thing. Um, but she, you know, she was very good to a lot of comics. So she was, she told me, you remind me of Dave Letterman, and I want you to go on earlier in the night because I, I think you can get the crowd going right. the way I need them. So I told that to Dave. I said, you know, Mitzi said it reminded me of you, and he goes, oh, I feel so sorry for yeah. you. It was self-deprecating. <laughs> right, right, it was funny. Right. And and he said, all right. And so then I get a call. You have a six-week trial period that lasted 17 years. Wow. So you good. did the six weeks, and you're just doing warm-up. When did you get the job to start booking the comics? In 2001, which is right after, a year after Dave had the bypass surgery. So mm-hmm. if he had passed away, two things wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't have had that incredible son of his, mm-hmm. and I would have never booked that show because right. it would have been over. So he, he would talk about comics all the time, and I would say, you know, it's a shame that you don't know Kenny Rogerson or right. you know, some comic that is a comics comic who right. should be on the show. And we talked about it, and then all of a sudden I got a call from Barbara Gaines, and she said... Um, Dave is interested in you for booking the show. So I was like, Who you know, was booking the show at this point? Um, well, Zoe Friedman was. That's right! Yeah, and who I loved, who got me on the show right. as a guest. Right, Silver, Silver and Bud's daughter right. of and, the improv. <laughs> and then she got this amazing job at Comedy Central. Right. And she I left. love Zoe. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, still, uh, you know, she's just, the, yeah. again, choked up because she was always so good to me and right. so great. And uh, and so, I, you know, they... I. I was. I said okay. I was a little nervous because I knew my life was going to change. Right. But I figured here I am in a position to help comics. Right. So yeah. I wanted to get comics. You probably every had night. mixed feelings, like uh oh. Yeah. Now, well, here, because you know that there, when I booked the paper moon, uh, people right. would call me at three in the morning. I'm right. really funny, and I go, I know, but right. I have 52 weeks, right. and I can only use 150 right. comics. You know, over 52 weeks, 52 headliners, right. or whatever. And that's all I could do. And I right. know, and I wish I could help you. And 
you know, and I'd give people three and four chances. So with Letterman, what I decided to do was be the booker that I wanted. Right. When I got the Letterman show, when I when they turned down for it, I never knew why I didn't get it. Right. And when I got it, I didn't know why I got it. Mm. It right. just happened to be what happened. So I would set up auditions. I wouldn't make people to come to New York or L.A. or send me right. a tape. I would go to the Denver Comedy Works and right. work all week. Right. And, and at the Sunday, I'd put on 10 or 12 local comics. And I'd take notes on every one of them. And after the show, I would sit there and say, and say, if you want to go over notes with me, I will. You know, and I'm telling you, I was, you know, never said, like, I'm great and you have to follow right. these. This is what you would need to do to do the to show. For this show. Right. You're really great now. And, you know, maybe in a year, let's try this again or whatever. You're not ready. There's only, I only had average 15. I had about 6,000 people contact me from all over the world. Right. England, Ireland, right. Australia. And I could only put 18 one year right. or 15. Right. And I had to put seven or eight that were regulars, like the right. Caroline Rays and the Jake Show Hansons right. and the stuff like that on the show every year. So I, um, so, you know, I could only put a few and people were like, you hate me, you know, they like they wanted to hear, when I went over the notes, I thought that's what they wanted. Right. That's what I wanted. But they wanted to hear, you've got the show. And if I had notes that were notes, they a lot of people were like, I don't know. You know it's so you? hard because, you know. I thought I was helping. You're thinking, you have to think in the sensibility of David Letterman and yeah. his taste. Right. You know, like I know when I worked at Rosie, you know, like yeah. I had to think like her. What does she want on her show? If you write it for Ro- it's not if the you, Eddie Brill show, you, you know? Yeah, if you wrote for the Bob Newhart show, you had to write jokes like Bob Newhart. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, look, I never ever called you once because I know I'm not a Letterman act, no, you know? No, but, but what you, what I did suggest once was panel because, right. as, as you know, you did Colbert and you crushed right. because you were sitting on panel. Right. That's how you do well. The same thing with Lisa Lampanelli right. and, uh, you know, a, a bunch of a bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, I don't. I can't do a four-minute set. You know, I can't stand it's a, there. It's a different animal, right? And yeah. and I just that's not me. I tell stories, and I'm a personality. Right. But but then you have to take these comics, mm-hmm. and it's every night for what two weeks before they they do the yeah. show. And I'm working on. I've been working on. And, and but I have to say, as a I mean, you're going to the clubs every night. Let do your set, do your set, do your set. Take yeah. the word and out. <laughs> take the word or. Out. I mean, it's literally yeah. every little detail. And I I did that because I did uh, Leno a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I did stand up, and it, it takes the joy. I like. I never wanted to do those jokes again after yeah. it because you. It's just like the joy is out of it. It's it's a formula at, at that point. Yeah, and that's what I, what Letterman was great about. It's like he didn't want a formula. He wanted comics to be themselves. Right. But they had to fit into the category. You know, right. there are comics that are my favorite comics that they told me no. I suggested a ton of comics that got turned down. Right. And it's not, it's because it's not the Eddie Brill show. Right. It, you know, the executive producers uh, are amazing at the Letterman right. show. I mentioned, you know, Maria and, uh, you know, there's Jude Brennan and and, and Sheila Rogers, maybe. Um, Wait. Yeah, yeah, you have to look it up. Sheila, yeah, okay. Sheila Rogers, who booked the show, right. she's brilliant, and she's working on Corden. I mean, I work with a bunch of really talented people, and so, the, so sometimes they would turn it down. They knew the show better than I. Right. I was there 17 years, but they were there 33 right, or right, right, right. 35 years or whatever with Dave. So, you know, I it was a, it was a lot of team stuff, but I kind of knew what Dave liked, and we would, you know, talk about it. And how, how, who was the first Comic-Con after 9-11? 
Um, I, it was either Emo Phillips or Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn had a joke about 9-11. Right. That was not about 9-11. Right. But it was really right. funny. And I had to get it approved to, by by Dave, and he loved it. And right. And we have to put it on the, the So show. you're doing this job. You're doing stand-up. Um, you, you start this uh, in Nebraska. You started Ten a, years ago. Uh, um, um, ha, is there a comic you know that who's never been to Nebraska? <laughs> yeah, we I think that's about one it. of the <laughs> only states I have never worked in. It's, it's only it's only six for me, but Nebraska I had never been to except right. for ten years ago. So what they want in Nebraska is the whole idea was they wanted an amateur comedy festival. I said mm-hmm. no. I said this is about Johnny Carson. So the it's about integrity of material, and it has to be the kind of comics who would have done stand up on the Tonight Show right. with Johnny Carson, edgy. Um, Material-driven comics, right. no singing, no, right. you know, this kind of stuff. Although there's nothing wrong with any right. of that, right? It's just what we it's did. It's not so, me or Mario Canto, right? Right. And okay. uh, you know, and there's they don't. In when you're in the Johnny Carson theater, right. they want no. There's no cursing, right? There's none of that, right? But then we do a late show, which right. is packed, where everyone could say whatever they want. Oh, it's I could do hip- that one. I could do the other show too, right? But yeah. yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah. And I talked to you the other day about it. You know, I, I. It's. I bring usually twenty comics, but here's the thing: I'm the comedy festival where they we pay the comics money, we fly them in, right. we put them up in a really nice hotel, we feed them every day, oh. and we treat them like uh, gold, gold, and like you know Judy, yeah. gold. And then we, uh, <laughs> and then also we give them a family that if they want. Um, it's like an ambassador family. Right. Hey, I need a band aid. And they go, we'll go pick it up for you. You know, right. you need a ride to the theater. Right, right. So, I mean, it's just we treat comics. Right. Like, oh, that's and so comics nice. Comics come back and they go, oh my God, is that real? Was that right. real? I go, I'm the comic. I put right. this together. Yeah, yeah. And I make sure that comics are treated like. And, so, do and I get an on. invite for next year? Yes, because you, Wait. Couldn't, you couldn't get this year because it's our anniversary. I know, and, and you're having everybody, everybody back. Right. But, yeah, um, no, I, of course, I, you know, you're. You've always been one of my favorites, and if I could, I, I've booked you on things. Right. You know, I, I've done that. So but anyway. you got yourself in a pickle. Because I got myself in a pickle because it was a guy with an agenda. So you, so you must have mixed feelings about the media. I mean, like, we're, we, we're in a, yeah. a time right now where it's like media, media, media. But you were interviewed in the New York Times. Right. Um... And he did he bring it up or he uh, that well, you know there's very few I mean but just to say for the background there has always been very few female comics on Letterman yeah there um, have been it, for, from the very beginning right. there was a handful Carol it was Carol Leifer Margaret. Paula uh, did Paula, Paula did it a couple of times Elaine Boozler uh huh you know but she hadn't done it in a million years right I, I mean but he he rarely and. Look, we it does. Wendy you know, Liebman, right? You know, Liebman, yeah. Uh, Suzanne Westenhofer, I put right. on the show. I mean, you know, I I, uh, I was working with Carmen Lynch and Corey Kahaney at the right. time, getting their sets together. Right. You know, there's always there was. But uh, I'm saying pre. But, but, but we in the in the nineties before the 90s, you started, before it was started, still known as there was, there's if hardly there were any comics. It'd be eighteen men and two two women. women. That's the right. way it, it was. Right. And it wasn't. I don't think it was because Letterman hated women. I I don't right think that at all about him. He He's always been really lovely. In right. fact, recently said, how come they're not women late night talk show right. hosts? Because he was always very, you know, we always had female comics on the show, but on the panel. Right. I know. You know? I never got to do, I would have been so. Amy Poehler was one of our best guests right. ever on the panel. And Judy Gold would have been a good panel. Judy, I, 
that was something you know that I talked about. Yeah. You know, there's other comics. I don't want to mention people's names that I mentioned. Right. That would you know Artie Lang. We I thought well right. he's not going to be able to do stand up on right. Letterman, but on the panel he right. was great. And, and uh, you know, but anyway, so so what happens is is I'm things are going really well for me at that time. Right. I was in the best shape of my life. I did my tenth Letterman, and I didn't just pick myself and I get to go on. Right. I had to go through the same thing. Right. I had to Channel. get my stuff approved and the network and right. the producers and. I had to have my set done. It was, and I had a very good set. And then I was into, uh, interviewed for a CBS This Morning show, which is one of my favorites. Right. I love that show. That's great. Isn't that one of the best shows on TV? And to be yeah. on it was such a thrill. Yeah. So now I'm feeling pretty good. That's so, another bucket list. So there's a, there's a guy who worked at Letterman as a writer who now works for Samantha B. And he's a great, great writer. And he was working at Letterman. He said, this friend of mine who I know wants to interview for the New York Times. So I said, okay, and it have was him that come in. Was it that Thursday thing they were doing for a while? No. They were doing a thing on Thursdays in the art section where they would interview someone, either a stand-up comic or someone, you know, in the comedy industry. And I was excited because I wanted Letterman to see how... To, to I was so proud of what we were doing right. at the show that I was going to be in the New York Times. Now, the my number one mistake, and the reason why I have to take all the blame for it, is because I went, I said okay to the New York Times without asking the show's permission. Right, and I did that selfishly because right. I was excited. I, I know Letterman read the New York Times. I know he talked about right. Of course, it's a feather in he, your cap. Right, oh. I was excited about right. it. And after the interview, I so felt it, really great about it. But because did you think when you said yes that it was going to be mostly about Letterman or it was mostly about you as a comic? It was you. about me booking Letterman. The guy wanted to talk about that. And I said, sure. The I was very proud yeah. of what we were doing. And I was going to be able to help. The, the reason why at the end of shows, I would talk to comics and give them critiques. Mm-hmm. And it was very helpful because I could let people know what we're looking for. Right. And then... Um, this article now is going to come out, and I explained to this guy what we're looking for. So he had asked me about female comics, and I had said... What was his exact question? I don't remember the like, exact question. Like, was it question. provocative or no? It was kind of... It was just... It was a question about, yeah. you know, female comics on the show. And I said, well, late, why aren't there more female comics? I said, there are less female comics out there, is one of the things I said. And here is what I was thinking. In the, the last four months, I had gotten about... 175 links of comics. The last 10 women comics that had sent me stuff had been like the men that we turned down, misogynistic, not authentic, you know, being, Mm -hmm. not saying that no one's acting like a man or no one's acting, there's none of that. It was, I know these comedians and they're trying to do something that's inauthentic like well it's it, you know i've i've talked about this a lot on the show that right. this new wave of feminism that in order you know that th- these these young younger comics think feminism is doing exactly what the guys do right and being able to talk like the guys no feminism is doing what we do and being true to ourselves and that's enough and that's equal and that's just as funny and just as great and what i was trying to say you know paula poundstone is my favorite comic of all time right joan rivers and i like you besides we were beside you all right uh was joan rivers was good to me she helped me with my very first Uh, she's the she was on letterman she was on a plane and made a lady move and sat next to me and went over my set and gave me notes on the plane for my first set um, uh, she was unbelievable lily tomlin is my hero right all the stuff so i never saw you ever treat a female comic and you're also the only one one of the only ones who was not 
didn't sexually harass any of the. Right. It wasn't never like. And I knew that. I knew that. You know, I'm like women and go out with them, but I never dated comics or waitresses because right. I knew that it was stupid, especially. You know, in life, there you know you don't shit where you eat, kind of thing. Right. Mm. You know, I, the only well, unless you have the bathroom then it's in right the kitchen. There. That's the yeah. name of your restaurant. I'm working at the bathroom. So look, I know who I am, and what I was doing was trying to tell answer this guy's question. So if you could go so back and say, I would never do the what interview. What would you have done? You wouldn't have done the interview. But if you were in the interview, right? And he said, "Well, what? How come there's not a lot of feet? What would you say if you could go back there and re-say it?" I would say there are a lot of great female comics, and I look at them all the time. I'm looking at them now. I'm working with a couple that did. I had two female comics that were turned down by the show earlier in the year um, that were great. It's not about females. It's about, I don't book female comics. I book comics. You know, Jen Kirkman is somebody who I've never met. I love her. Who's one of my favorite comics. Yeah. And I've booked her seven or eight times. In throughout life wow. because she's so great and we've never met that's great right. you know and but i just met her she was an emerson person right i put her on this uh, uh alumni show she crushed i wasn't there and then all of a sudden you know i started booking her like crazy so uh so i would have gone and said you know i was very honest now there was a thing that was created that made me angrier the things that i wasn't as angry about the the women like because i knew what i meant right and um, so wait just for our audience they right. misquoted you they misquoted they took the and quotes you got out in of trouble context. for that well no if they take a piece of the quote and not the rest of it you right. know, they, then took, they took it, it out of context right the guy was had an agenda you could see if you read the article now he talks about how big my head is and he just shits on me well, all the way through having he didn't people, talk about resting smiling face never talked about that he said that I was like the avuncular uncle with a big head like a huge head on the shoulders. It was just, and the, Brian Regan well, and all the, a lot of comedians called me up and said, this guy, there's a couple of comedians in LA, this, some guy called me and was wanted yeah. dirt on you. Right. Whoa. Yeah. So I mean, there was a, I don't want to mention you. these names because they right. will get reviewed by this guy right. eventually. That's so, insane. Yeah. He, he, somebody said, look, I hung up, somebody we know very well said, I hung up on the guy. He says, can't you tell me a story? He said, no, Eddie Brill's been good to me the whole time. Right. Um, so anyway, the, there was Amy Schumer had made a statement that all uh, you know that all of the comics on the Letterman show are mostly white middle-aged midwestern guys. Mm-hmm. So I gave the author of the article the list of who was on that year and there was only one person out of 20 comics that fit that Jake Johansson right. who actually lived in LA but everyone else was either African American or Chinese or, or younger than say a, Asian you don't know if they're chi- I knew he was Chinese because oh, right. he lives in China he was uh, from China China and he's he back, was from he's, China he's back in China now China he's become a big star in China because of Letterman really yes and uh, so I should do they should do that I'm, I'm good to Israel alright yes. go ahead so and I also and most of them were younger than Amy at the time right. who had done the show right so her statement was something that she felt from watching the show. I can't right. blame her for feeling that way. Right. But the author had the list of comics. Right. He could have said, look, Amy, you were wrong. I have the list in front of me. Right. But it didn't serve his purpose to say that. He right. kept that quote in there anyway. And then Anthony Jesselneck, who I thought was hilarious, mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, I went up to him one night because people would walk, I walk in a room, everyone would look at me like, right. are you booking Did me? Did you hate that? I, I, I had to be okay with it. I, right. I understand. I'm a comic. Right. If Zoe Friedman walked in the room, I would look at her like, hey, you know. Okay. When I was, I I an, all right. All right. So Anthony Jesselneck 
is quoted saying Eddie Brill, I don't believe Letterman lets him get away with it. He does these workshops around the country right. and is charging money on the auspices that you'll get Letterman if you do that, which was complete horseshit right. because I've been teaching for 40 years right. and I've been doing this workshop before I was at Letterman and when I was at Letterman knowing not to shit where you eat is one of the things I knew and also I told every comic at the beginning of every workshop this is not Letterman booking if mm -hmm. you want to leave if you thought that's what it was please leave and one person left in all the years who said, was it it was an Australian comic who said oh I thought this was a Letterman audition and oh, I said no it, it was in Vancouver right. years ago but of all the times and I always said that and he said they wrote that Eddie Brill um, is has a conflict of interest because he's charging comedians. So every you know all these people are just like lying and making up things. Anthony Jeselnik has never taken a class that I taught. First of all, did I don't you believe ever you could... think? Oh, these are this is a conflict of interest. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this or no, 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 because I've been teaching for years and all this, and I knew that you can't teach comedy, so it was a workshop. So. I know, as as the head of the workshop, I know what people are looking for on television. I know what yeah. the Letterman show is looking right. for. So how helpful is it to take a workshop with someone who actually has been booking comedy for 40 years, right, right, 33, right. and oh. can help? And, and again, at the beginning, I said, this is not about booking Letterman. This is not about <laughs> right, that. Right, Most right. of the people I had... You know, I'd done the workshop with people who had done Letterman and all this other stuff. Anyway, right. I was just angry that that came out in the article. The... the um, so it was it was a shame because you know there's a book that the author wrote about Letterman and he repeats that whole thing the article and then says you know and many of the people at the show also there were rumors that he was had a conflict of interest but no no one at the show because if I had a conflict of interest they would have came to me right they would have said, said Eddie you can't do this Letterman and be the teaching, yeah you know but the so, show did so but it was this right. guy created the conflict of interest and then wrote it that people are talking about it and he's the guy who brought it up right so you know this guy actually really fucked up my life and and a lot of comics lives because you know there were a lot of comics i was working with like gerard carmichael i saw him in 2011 and i was booking him in 2012 and he ended up never doing the show i was about to book him next right you know then carmen who eventually got the show um mm -hmm. so all right so i have three things that i have to discuss with sure. you so what happened what, what, when you you read the article, what time what time I was, do you read? It was in the evening. I had gotten a copy of it, or an early copy. And Did was, anyone alert you or anything like that? Like, Eddie, you got to read this article. And when you the, read the, it... The PR person, Kim, at the at the show said, here's a copy of the article. Didn't say anything, anything about it. Anything. There was no... All right. And I then was at you my friend Chris's house, and all this, every sentence, I had a lump in my throat. Right. I was ready it's to cry. the worst feeling. Because none I of this stuff... I never said that. I never yeah, said that. I didn't that. say I know. it, and that's out of context, and right. that's bullshit, and, and I... I'm always been kind to women, but treat comics like not women, but right as, as, as a, comics. And yeah. it was just her. So now what had happened was Letterman was just in the paper uh, right before then about not having female writers. Oh, and yeah. just previous to that, it was the uh, affair he had with Stephanie of the show. Mm -hmm. So there was some bad press females. Right. So even Letterman admitted to me, he said, you got fucked. He said it was all, I, you know, it's like Libby Scooter with Cheney and, right. and Bush. You know, these people do things and I have to take the fall for it, which is a shame because it puts a scarlet letter on me that uh, that's undeserved. I've been loyal to these people for so many years and have fought and, and fought for Dave when he was going through his crazy stuff. And this was my family. And they did you feel like that 
you know, with Dave, that, yeah, there weren't a lot of female writers. I mean, as a woman, yeah. you know, it is harder it for is, us. It and is we're hard. never in the writer's room. And the ageism of female writers is worse than the, you know, I know that. You, right. Yeah. And so here's the thing. Karen Rontowski. I don't know if you know Karen Rontowski. I, She's I don't an know incredible if, comedian. Right. And she was in her 40s. She probably has Jew blood in her. It has to be. Okay, Rontowski. Go. From uh, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Oh, it's one of my favorite ahead. comics, and I knew she was up Letterman's Alley because she had a joke that she says, "I have these Santa Claus underwear, and whenever it's you know I go to the bathroom, it's like Christmas in my pants." Or something <laughs> right. Very Letterman-esque <laughs> right. joke, and he loved Goofy, that joke yeah. and repeated it for. So I knew she was great. Now the problem was she was in her forties, and a lot of the ageism that's going on in television, we're looking for twenty-year-olds and thirty-year-olds. Right. Who but are I, you're not a great comic no, at not, that age. I was right. talking to Kathy Ladman, ding right. ding ding. Two nights ago, yeah. uh, and I said, you know, I've never been a better comic than I have been in my whole life as I am now. And she said the same for me. M- same I've never for me. been better. This is the time you need Oh, it's me. life and fearlessness, David, and da- you have nothing to lose. You don't give a shit. Right, and that's why Letterman right. got better. David Steinberg, I was warming up the uh, TV show for David Steinberg, and he said they wouldn't let him have Carlin on his show right. because he was too old. Unbelievable. And it's, like, what? it's ridiculous. Every kid, so anyway, so I... The the one female comic that I got to book that year was great, hilarious. I fought for her, got her on TV despite the age thing that right. was going on, and she made her network television debut Good. At, with six other comics making their network television right. debut. So yes, I understand about the female N- thing. The funniest people in my life are females. Right. My mom, my sister, my aunts, my cousins. Well, no, I know, but you... You're, but you grow up in an era. Uh, every but white... you don't like like you. You booked females, but right? You don't. I used to have a book. I still I have it. That's cool. And I'd call, hi, and I'd get. Oh, we had a woman here last yeah, that's week. The worst. I mean, but it was it was constant, you know. So when we see, and I always say to people, well, and I say, there's less women comics to all comics and and the the but percentage the, of great woman comics to all female comics is the same percentage of great male comics to all male comics right, it's just right. that there's tiny, less tiny. less than all right right so and, and just to say the last time one of the times i booked here the paper moon when i found that sheet was you and brett butler uh, so it wasn't just one female on the oh, show oh yeah that was the other thing you put more than one woman on a right. show which and was very unusual Lucian did it right and that be, was it be, because it doesn't matter but anyway the, right. the the ending of that thing is that the so here I am they keep me at the show as the as the book as the warm up guy because they didn't want to so well, how me. did they approach you and they, say they well, said they said you know they wanted me to explain myself and I was in who did you have to explain to, to the whole uh, executive producer staff so you went in a room. I went in a room with all was the people. Was Dave and there? Dave wasn't in there. Did you want to throw up? I wanted to talk to Dave. I was crying. I was couldn't believe that this right. happened to me because, you know, I was being and so good And I remember you comics. reached out to me and a lot of people. Yes. And well, I was like, Eddie, you never did anything like to me. Liz yeah. Winstead called. I mean, I got about 40 calls from women saying, you're the greatest. Right. We love you. Don't listen to what right. they have to say. And even the executive producers have written me notes that I have that say, we never thought you were misogynistic. Think about Tape this. It. Keep them. I have it. But here's the thing. The, the, um, I was booking the comics for 11 years, and all of the executive producer three quarters of them were women. And like I said, Sheila Rogers was the booker of the show. Mm-hmm. If I was a misogynist, they wouldn't have let me stay there for 11 years oh, as right. the booker. Oh, right, of course. So it never was a case of me having misogyny. But then people started lashing out, like Elaine Boozler, who I have no idea why she was so mean and mean-spirited. And she lied to people in the press and the things. You know, 
Lane Boozer did the show. Yeah. And, and I and, love her. Though. Yeah, she's yeah. a great comic, but she didn't want to work with me because she didn't know who I was. Right. She said. So that's fine. She's I, from I a not, different. Yeah. Right. Okay. So she does the show, and it doesn't go that well for her. And so she begs to come back a year later and, the, and through the agents and all that. And they give her another chance. And she says, I'll work with Eddie. So we work, her and I work together. And the set is great. And she goes on and she goes off script. Oh, and then anybody who's ever gone off script on our show, anyone. And there's been, in my era of 11 years, five people, you're out. You, right. you don't get to go, come back. And I didn't have anything to do with any of it, uh, any of it. And all of a sudden, she's like, he doesn't book any female comics. The Letterman Show doesn't have comics. Right. And, he, and she told a friend of mine, she didn't know he knew me, said, you know, Eddie Brill, I called him for a spot, and he said he was saving it for himself. Well, first of all, she, I never spoke to her ever, right. except that one time. And why would I say that? Whoa, what idiot would <laughs> right. say, yeah, I'm saving it for myself. I hope you're taping this. Are you taping it? Yeah, yeah. I'm saving it for myself because I'm great. And I didn't do the show for nine years because I felt so Jewish guilty right? Uh, um, to, because I was couldn't book, book everybody. Yourself. I had lesser right. comics. So I, anyway, okay. that's that So thing. here's my Sorry, questions. Elaine, but I'm telling the truth. So, and I wish you didn't hate me and weren't mean to me because I always thought you were funny. Okay. Maybe we'll do a little bring come to G... Come to Jesus, people try, Jesus, Jesus, people Jesus. People tried to, I okay. said, I want to talk to her, but she doesn't want to. So, you read this, you get, who called you first to say, come in the fucking... Um, one of the execs called Ugh. me in. All right. I did the Boston Women's Comedy Festival with you. We had yes. this panel, and there were a lot of angry young female comics. Right, that's why I came, because right. I wanted to be there right. to stand I know. up for it. So... The one thing I got from that, and and you know, it, there were some tense, there were some tense moments, um, was that you when you gave them feedback, some of them took it as you saying you're not funny, hmm. you're not ever going to make it. I remember you're, the panel well. Uh, right now, and, here's here's what. Let me just say answer that. Uh, uh, Wendy Lieben was on the panel who yes. I booked at Letterman um, you were on the panel who we already right. talked about um, there's another comic who I was working with at the time can't remember her name all of a sudden I was working with her at the time and we're good friends and I can't right. remember her name so it was done the show and this girl who was the host of the panel who said you told me that Wait. I wasn't ready I wasn't and I didn't say she wasn't good I was at the end of the show, and I they were all. I remember the time, and she was acting like a comedian, like I did, like every comic did at the beginning of right. their career, and that was the advice I gave her in a loving way. I said, "Look, you know, you're you're very talented. You have great persona on stage, but you're acting like a comedian. You're right. in that phase." Well, obviously, I didn't ruin her life because she's there. She's there. Right. She's still. She's a great comic. She be, she grew. But that's you have to tell people the beginning something, and I wanted to tell the truth. Right. She took it like I hated her, but I always knew her and loved her and was nice to her. The one, yeah, but that I I Aaron. I know, and I and you were so it was so good for you to go there and do that. It was but sweet the, of you the, to the do one, that. The one the one thing I did take away was that some of these people, you know, like that you have to realize. I mean, I teach, I know that whatever you say to them will stay with them. For the rest of like like the way that woman fired me, you right, know, right? That rejection and that, you know, sort of, you know, she was putting to, like if she had said, 
you're funny, I'd be like, okay, I'll understand that in a f- in a future time. Right. But for her to say, to to criticize my work that that what I was doing wasn't good when when it in fact was good, it was, was too terrific, good. Yeah. Right. Um, Right, but that we're, stayed we're, with we're me. This, that was a personal rejection. And so, you mentioned that to, uh, during the day at the panel, and yeah. it made me think about it. Okay, and maybe it, it's you know I, none it, of this stuff goes over my right. head. I thought about it, and I thought, okay, and then I remembered that I had told uh, a few comics, men and women, the same thing. You're you're at a point right now, like when I started, I was acting like George Carlin. Right. You know, sure. comics most, except for Chappelle, I think everybody's acting like their favorite comedians right. until they learn to be themselves. Right. That word authentic. Again, right, which is what, but it's I also learned. you don't know what you're doing. Right, like you gotta feel you can't do that when you're thinking in your head. Oh my god, I'm on stage. Oh my god, there's people. Oh my god, you know, right. it's like I gotta one, remember my lines. Right. So I don't, oh my god, know. if the stroke bombs and they're, you gotta get at you know you get so to I a let certain, her know to yeah. be conversational, to be you know conversational and not to be rote on stage. Right, but here I am on a night and there's 20 comics going on and they're all coming up to me asking questions. And I, what I needed to do in retrospect is to sit, you know, which I have done many times, but right. I didn't do to her maybe. Right. Is say, look, you're, you know, you. We all. I respect everyone who does stand up, even people who suck. I respect. Right. Of them. course. Of course. Yeah. You know, and because I know people who have sucked and then gotten really great right, a right. year later, or six months later. Um, or so, five years later. Yeah. I mean, so, look at Lewis Black. Yeah. He was horrible in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I have a ton of names yeah. I can give you of people yeah. who just sucked at the beginning. And he'll say it. I was yeah. horrible. Yeah. 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 I was, you know, I was yeah. selling cereal. Yeah. I wasn't really, you know, I was a advert. It's like I was doing advertising on stage. Right. And eventually my material. Look at Brian Kiley, for instance. Right. He, could, he was the best material in the world, but he sweat in an icebox. Right. He couldn't perform. Right. So when he people need advice, they want the truth from someone. And all I was was trying to do was give this woman at the time Erin the truth right and the great thing is is that she stuck it out and hopefully she realizes years later yes I was acting like a comedian at the right time. he was honest with me right and here I am I wanted it bad enough that I fought right to be great at it because I think she's hilarious yeah um and I said that on the panel because I know I remember all the fucking shit people told me you're too yeah. Jewish you're too this it's like that's who I am. Yes. Like, you're telling me not to I'm be who myself. I am. Well, I had the same thing as a comic. I had the same thing where I got, uh, there's a writing war going on. Yeah, it's um, like telling me how much time we have left. Oh, Fuck that okay. shit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I understand it. You know, and look, I, like everyone, never going to admit being perfect at it. But my, my intention was to get behind the scenes and to let comics get the integrity and the right. respect that they deserve. Right. And that's one thing that I'm proud of that I did at every job that I've ever had, including Letterman, and got people on that would never have gotten on and also bummed out that there were people I wanted to get right. on. You know, my, my uh, I don't I don't want to mention names, but, uh, you know, but I fought for people where, you know, people yelled at me like, well, stop it. Right. You know, this is, it's our, you know, you're, it's not your show. And I right. go, I know, but I, this comic is amazing and I want right. them to, there are comics that don't like me, and they have no idea how right. I fought behind the right. scenes for them. It's but that's, there. You that's can't part take of a personal. Job. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to know yeah. the most desperate thing a comic ever did to try to get on Letterman to you. Um, no names. Right. Just there was one person who was middle of the road comic, you know, really middle of the road, right. and got laughs, but it was just you know tired premise. 
you know, you've heard the jokes a million times before. Right. Great Not performer. Original. Yeah. And I saw, I was at the audition at the old Gotham, and this person left the stage going, I've got the show. And afterwards, I knew it was going to be hard. So it was, he, this person had a killer set. Killer. Right. Crushed with the audience. But I knew that this was it, not Letterman style right. and uh, this kind of stuff. So I told him, that I, I knew that he was going to freak out. So I mm. sat him down and I said, look, I know you crushed tonight, but this is not the style of the show. And, you know, if you want to bring me other sets or whatever, whatever. And he wrote me the nastiest letter. Of course. The second nastiest letter I've ever gotten in my life. Um, and it was long and nasty. And when it was over, I just took a breath and I wrote back. I said, I, I'm going to forget this letter. I understand your anger. And I love that you're passionate and that you're angry. And, you know, you're angry at yourself and you're angry at the system. And I know you're not angry with me because we've known each other for years and all this stuff. You know, if you want to do Letterman. So he changed his whole act. He went and he, like, started dressing in sport jackets. Oh, my and God. And he, cha he changed the style that he was. And he wasn't as funny right. and as powerful he was right. authentic. as his authentic self. Right. Which, so you're not right for Letterman. So da, da, do da, Go Conan. to another show. Yeah, go, yeah. Yeah. Make your own HBO right. special. You well, know, not everyone was right for Letterman. I wasn't, I wasn't right, right for, for Letterman. I wasn't right for Letterman. Um, what? Anything else? Not, you know, it wasn't. Because people knew me and they knew that there right. was nothing I was going to do I mean, no one ever flirted with me to try to get the show, men or women. You know, it was, they knew that it didn't matter. Right. It didn't matter. I wasn't going to give, I, they were one of my best friends I couldn't put on the show. Right. And they knew that. If he's not going to put this person right. on, now, he's not bullshitting. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You have a son. Yeah. Who's a comic. Yes. When did you find out you had a son? When he was 12. I found out almost before, just before he was 12, and I met him the day you were there, the day I met him. No way. There was a show at Bryant Park, mm -hmm. and uh, I talked to the, the mom, who I love for the way she, Wait, raised, so she raised him. I'll why didn't more. she tell you that you had a child? She didn't know at first it was mine. I, I, I'm going to tell you the story and don't judge it right away because it's easy to judge at the beginning until right, I tell I you the, the sort of punchline of it. Okay. My sister lived two buildings over. My brother-in-law I went to college with. We were very close. They had my nephew. He was just born. One of my sister's friends was over the house and a little too drunk to drive and she lived two hours north of Manhattan. Right. So my brother-in-law called me up and said, look, I know you're running the comedy club and you have a futon that you put all the comics right. on. Can you put this person on your futon? Okay. So we carry her to my apartment. She passes out. Is this a Bill Cosby story? And that's See, I knew you. That's all what right. people, a, I understand. Right. So she's passed out and I'm snoring away and I'm like... Yeah. Not so attractive in a, in, a, in in a way that you would be. Oh, right. let's go out with the schnurrer. Right. No, snorer. Snorer. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so, um, so I go to bed about five a.m. At eight in the morning, I get woken up to sex. I and I recommend it highly. It is the it's best the way best. to wake, to wake yeah, up. Yeah, Unless I, you're a chick. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It was. It, well, I guess if you don't want it, right? You know, then you should never, so ever, you, ever be involved. You, she, the last thing you knew, she was in the futon. She's in the, the futon. futon. Yeah. I'm in the in right. my bed. I'm in a studio apartment. Right. Next thing I know, sexual things are going on, and I'm waking up to it, and I don't say no. Right. It was fun. It was really fun. Okay. She goes home. She has a boyfriend. I find out he's you know he's up there, and he has right. no idea that 
all this happened. So she gets pregnant. She figures it's the other guy. Well, this guy left her and she met another guy who said, look, I love you and you're pregnant and we're going to raise the child ourselves. So that she raises the child. Now, her boyfriend at the time was Puerto Rican. When the baby was born, he was in Puerto Rican. Right. He was blonde hair, blue eyes, like sort of me when I was a right. baby. And she couldn't figure it out. Did, did the baby have resting smiling face? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. yeah. He had to grow into it. Okay. And uh, so, the, you know, they, he's, they're raising this kid and the stepfather and they're being and she's, a, you know, very incredible person who raised him beautifully. But then she had a child with this guy and they had a family and she knew I was a comic and she didn't want to. Where, what part of t- still two 80s. hours? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. In New York City. She lived in an upstate still. OK. And uh, 19, it was, he was right. born in 1987. Okay. So he just turned 30. Oh, wow. Um, so old. anyways, yeah, of course, but getting better yeah. all the time, uh, Beatles. And uh, so the, uh, so all of a sudden, you know, she, she, and one time during the thing, she brought my son over to my apartment. She came with her son and daughter, and I guess she wanted to tell me. But because you were boy. friends with her, is that I, why? She visited my sister a lot in the neighborhood, right. and she was a huge fan of the Paper Moon Comedy Club. Huge, yeah, and huge, China, and huge, and huge, China, and and so so she would come to the club, and so we were friendly. You know, I mean, I had sex with her, and it right. was a lovely experience. Right. So it's not like I was like, get out of here. Right. You know, it was like you're lovely and right. great, and. Thanks for an um, incredible morning. So when you saw the the child, when she brought... He did was you six. Have, I had no idea. No idea? No idea. She didn't say anything. Did I, he she, like... Did you, he come to you or not? No, no. he didn't know. He's right. six years old. So finally he... I'm just saying maybe there was an invisible. There Go could ahead. have been a thing. Yeah. When he was 11, he started asking his mother, who's my real father? Because I don't look like this yeah. guy. And I know there's... A, so she says, holds an 8 by 10 of me up. And he probably goes, do you have any other 8 by 10s yeah. I can see? Uh, <laughs> this guy yeah. with the sweater? Um, so she, 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 she says, your, your friend, shot. Eddie Brill, the comedian is my dad and I want to meet him. And she told me that I had a son and I was in denial for a few months. And then I went to see my mom and, uh, I said, mom, I, I, this is crazy. And I haven't told anybody yet, but I think I have a son. Woo! Oh, that's Another great. grandchild. And she says, you've got to find out. You got to know. So I called her up, Jennifer and, and said, Hey, when did she realize it was you? How old um, was he? I, I guess he was like two or three. She right. found a, a diary. And it said what she was doing fucked, during that I time. I fucked Eddie. <laughs> yeah, Were you things. in your thin stage? Um, or? I was so poor that I was the thinnest oh. I've ever been. We, Not in a good you've way. You've had up and down with yeah, the weight. Same, same uh, with 19, me. Uh, 19, 2010, I went on this incredible yeah. diet. lost 135 yeah. pounds. And then the Letterman shit went down and right. I started it's eating. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The food and the Jews. Oh, and the, the food and the Jews. Yeah. Tuesdays. Catch it. Uh-huh. Um, so, so so now he's... he's so, so from 11 on, did you see him? So or? I didn't see him. I said, I'd like to meet him. She said, well, I saw that you're doing a show in Bryant Park and uh, for HBO, and I was hired by HBO to host all of those right. things. Right, I love those. And we get towels, remember? It was yeah. great, and money. <laughs> yeah. And it was outdoors. So the show was you, Louis Black, Greg Giraldo, and David Tell. That's great. And I was hosting... And I was so nervous because I wanted my son to think I was funny. You Wait, know? were you more nervous at the, with the Letterman people or meeting your son? Meeting my son. Yeah. Good, right answer. Yeah, because right, that's the greatest thing that's ever right. happened in my life. Right. 
And so I met him, and I. Meet- I can't believe. Like, I wouldn't if I knew I was meeting a child I never met. I couldn't do stand up. Oh, I've done stand up under situations yeah. like pancreatic pancreatic yeah, cancer. Right, yeah, brother. So the and other things were uh, uh, right. other stories. But my so I was so nervous. So I saw him, and I just fell in love immediately. It wasn't a second. It was less than. Did a you second. hug? I. It was. I went up to him, and it was, he was a little uncomfortable, and I was a little nervous, and he was nervous. So I just walked with him for a while, and I started talking to him, and said, "Look, you know, I hope you understand how this is all came about." And I'm I so happy my, to meet your you. Your mother was blowing me. Uh, blowing me right, and then I all just want to let you know, know I was asleep. I right, woke up. I, your mother's I, you know, blowing me. Right. It's not like you know? she was fucked up, and I did a Cosby. You know, yeah. I, I respect women. Right. We read the New York Times. I was Times. snoring. She comes <laughs> to my bed. She starts right. playing with my balls. Right. And, and blowing and me. Was, so yeah. I and I said she was authentic with right. the blowing, and uh, <laughs> and so you know. So anyway, uh, and we started becoming close. Then he met my family. I never seen my mom so nervous. Right. She was so excited. Right. And then he hit it off with everyone, and they just everyone. Did he so end up lovable. going to college or? No, he wanted. To, he ended up wanting to be. He was in show business. Right. He was very similar to me. DNA doesn't lie. Right. He loves hockey like I do. Right. He plays instruments. He right. sings. Right. He, you know, he's Tony Danza. Right. No, he's uh, he's the guy who and just... And you're close now? And we're the best of friends. He just, last night I got a uh, text from him, I love you. You know, and I melt. <laughs> like, I melt. I melt. We love that story. Yeah. yeah. So Dan, and he be... Uh, What's his name, Dan? Dan Madonia, M-A-D-O-N-I-A. And Damn. I'm glad that he kept his stepfather's name because they did the Brill Brill. <laughs> it rhymes with Anne yeah, Madonia. Yeah, Dan Brill. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. Madonia's uh, a great Have you name. worked with him? Yes. Well, and you know, it's Do you amazing. have similar senses similar of, sounds, but he's of different. humor? Humor? Humor. Gina. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And huge mer. Huge humor? Gina. Gina. Heimer. Hyman. So the, uh, Clit, you know. But, so yeah. I was, Bert Haas of the Zanies Comedy Club said, I saw your son at the comedy yeah. club in L.A. and he was hilarious. I said, well, let's work. To, can I work with him? He said, sure. And we did a week in Chicago. And then yeah, every year. They want to book me in that Rosemount room. That's fantastic. It is? Amazing. No. Yes. I love it. Better than the one in... They're all great. Uh, they really are. I like them all for different reasons, but Rosemont is really built for comedy. Oh, all right. I'll yeah, do it. You got to do I it. I got to call it's the so agent great. back. I so said, me- I want to do Chicago, yes, you son of, of a course. bitch. And it's a classic venue. Right. And then every year, the comedy store would let us work in, right. in La Jolla together, my son and I. And is that still going? That's yeah. Great. That's one of the best clubs on the planet. Let me tell you something. I haven't been there forever, but I've never slept better than in that condo. Oh, yeah. It's right on the ocean. Uh, sh- is it still the blue condo and the green condo? Uh, different painting, but it's, it's a little nicer. Right. Furniture's a little nicer. Because I hadn't stayed at the condo. They right. put me up at hotels like a spoiled brat. And then this year, my son... And I worked there, and they uh, put us at the condo. Together. I want to go back. I should call them. Call them. Call the comedy store. Oh, my God. All <laughs> right. Your name's still up there. Yes. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I worked the there all the time. I, I mean, know. And, and then you I know what's back. funny about my name? My name was up there, and they spelled it Eddie Brill, B-R-I-L. Ugh. And I said, oh, I need another L. So they put B-R-I-L-L-E. Oh, no. So now oh, they had to God. cross off Eddie the Brill. E. Eddie <laughs> So there's like, my name is there, and there's like all this, like, some right. guy with a towel wiped off the E. I performed and it's still it there. there. Yeah, I saying. had the belly room every Friday night at so, eight o'clock. She what? fucking gave me that belly room. That's cool. And yeah, then I, that's how I had the material for my HBO special. It's called being prepared. 
La la. So, Eddie. Yes. I could talk to you for like three more hours. Yeah, I know, but you have people but, coming uh, in. Yeah, we have I, a hard I, out. I'm free. We have a hard out, out, and you have a hard cock. Yeah, Tuesdays. So, <laughs> Tuesdays, hard uh, you know, cock from with college, Eddie Brown. We've always said the Tuesdays thing, and yeah. Tuesdays at nine, which yeah. is weird because that means the that is just the the most busiest time I on know. television. Tuesdays um, at nine. We asked two things of all of our guests. Okay. Uh, the first thing is, what should we do first? Uh, story or? Yeah, the story. What pisses you off the most? Hmm. Like, what makes you fucking get out of your resting smiling face? Right. Yeah. Um, when people are hypocritical. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not a political comic, although I talk about politics. And the hypocrisy just f- fills me with rage. Oh. With rage. And also, like... That same thing, the thing you're guilty of, but then you get mad at other people. Right, like right, right, right. You're crossing the street too slow, and and you, and the and person like, in the get car the is like, Come on. right. And when you're in the car, you're like, that yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah, gotta, yeah. But I'm not a road rage guy. But that's. The, but I think the hypocrisy, the, the like, lying, the bullshitting. There's the, no like, reason. It's for going it. on. Like the fact that that fucking asshole calls the Democrats obstructionists. Like, right. Th- their whole agenda was. Do not let Obama do anything. They said you know? it live. They were right. talking, you can hear it yes, on television. Yes. It's not like it's made up. No. It's so I I have had so much anxiety and rage because of that motherfucker. Yeah. Jesus. I hate him. Jesus. Yeah. I you know, I've I've worked at his golf courses. He was on Letterman a million times. I met him a thousand times. Was he nice to you? No, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, right. He's, I, he's, I interviewed him for HBO at the I, multiplex. The thing that I hate the most was the you know, the Central Park five, the way he was oh, so racist yes. and asshole. And Roy Cohn is his mentor. I know. And not only is Roy Cohn the most evil man right. that was his mentor. Trump turned his back on Roy Cohn when right. Roy Cohn had AIDS at the end, right? Um, and asked for him to help him have an easier death. And Trump said, "Fuck you, AIDS. You know, go fuck yourself." Wow. Right. So a piece of shit. Learn from a piece of shit. So was he a piece, a piece of, of shit, shit to Letterman too? Um, not really. He loved Letterman. You right. Know, Letterman gave him publicity. Right. Sure. You but know? now Letterman wants is like. Yeah. Uh, well, Letterman called him out on his shit right. on the show. Remember with right. the Chinese yes. Yes. shirts and the ties and all that so, kind of stuff. Um, I know women that he molested that yeah. were, that he frightened so that they wouldn't right, of course. report it. I mean, he's a bad guy. Oh, he's yeah. a terrible and, you know, so person. He's not oh, a, did you hear about Kathy Griffin? Uh, she made a Trump joke recently, which was just her holding up a rubber head of Trump, and it had no, we had fake blood we had on it. A, what do you mean, have we heard? <laughs> well, you're acting like that wasn't one of the I biggest you were things. Joking. We I didn't talk you were about joking. it on this show. Okay, we, we didn't, didn't talk about it. it on the show. But have you heard is like... Exactly. Did you have hear you that heard? they invaded Normandy? No. What? <laughs> no, it's not the same Oh, my God, Normandy. I have vacation plans. Okay. I believe that... I believe in the all freedom of speech I and think freedom that, of expression, but don't play a victim afterwards. Right. No, you know? Don't apologize. But, but I believe and don't apologize. that they threatened right. her life after that, and that's why she apologized. I mean... I'm yeah. sure. Her but what life about is the artist who thought of it? Yeah, they don't like, give a shit about him. No, no. And what about all the shit they say? There are about uh, the sh- and the laws they pass. There like, are, it's like this is fake. This is like it's, the, it's I, there is a fucking. They are attacking comedians. Like yes. we are. However, because we yeah. tell, the, tell the truth. Tell the truth. And yes. no one is uncomfortable with the truth. Right. And it's not just Trump. And it's not just Clinton. It's been going on. You know, yeah. people love Ronald Reagan, but he was a piece of shit. Shit. And, ass. You know, there were. You know, there were many 
It's Brandon. also women because uh, there are male comics who are very famous who have done the same exact joke and right. nothing ever happened to them. Right. They you know, I forced thought, to apologize. Yeah, I thought what she did was I can't believe you were stupid. describing the Kathy Griffin. Well, you guys like, were yeah. looking at me like, because we yeah, were like, did she do something else? I yeah. thought okay. you were like, right. she did something, something else. New no, no, no. I right. understand the response. She cut off totally. the head of a lizard and held it in and the air. And how about how they were like, and Baron was watching. Baron wasn't watching television. Yeah, no. what? Uh, uh, you know what? And like, you even give a shit. What's the last time you saw Baron? Yeah, Could yesterday. You pick was Baron the first up time. out of a fucking lineup. No, they, they visited yeah, her. They paid her a visit. I know they did and threatened her life. Uh, but you know, uh, look, it, Kathy Griffin has her whole act was about like bullying people. Right. You know, but it I know. was exactly. And yeah. and this is a joke. I mean, it, maybe it wasn't funny and it was stupid. Yeah, I think and, it was and, stupid. But I did laugh that. and she he had blood coming from what from where whatever. Right. Because it's the irony of what he had right. said. Right. It was and then they, then there was another photo of him holding the earth right. and blood. Yeah. There wouldn't be that without that right. other thing. They that were is both how, funny. Right. Yeah. That's how art works. You right. wouldn't have that, you right. know? But right. yeah, I right. think it was you know, uh, I, I would But it's have done also it. like look, and I was talking to my publicist about this, like I have kids, so everything I do is like, uh-oh, how is this going to affect them? She right. doesn't have kids. She has her career, you know? Right. And that's her, the most important thing in her life is, you know, fame and and standing up for GLBTQRSTUVWXYZ right. and, you know, just being who she is, you know, being a personality. That's what she has. So That's why I think they threatened her life, because she is always saying, no, I won't apologize. People ask her not to swear at certain shows. They but ask like her this Bill and that. Bill Maher apologized. And she's famous. Yeah, Bill Maher apologized. See, yeah, and they, he had a good show where he had people telling right, him, why? look, we, they, they, they have no excuse. And I because love that there's no apology from Stephen Colbert, because there was nothing wrong with nothing what he wrong said. With what he no, said. I do too. I, okay. I even actually doubled down on it. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was him. so hilarious. I yeah. love him. All right, so... All right, so that's the, the thing that makes me angry is the hypocrisy. It just flames me. Right. The, 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 life is too short, and right. there's so much smiling, resting L- face that right. you could have, right. despite the bullshit that's right. in it. So stop lying and stop doubling down on lies. Now, we are very... We're very into mental health here. Yes. I've had been through a lot of anxiety, depression. You know, like I have a lot of, you know... So we ask every guest this: uh, Are you on, or have you ever been on any antidepressants? Never took pills for it, but right. did a lot of therapy for it, right? Because I've always been against putting pills in my body because of my family, right? Mm. Oh, because the drug addictions, the, the addictions, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I don't believe that you know. But you don't I'm judge not, other people, no. no. And as a matter of fact, I understand everyone has a different need, right? And someone would need a massage, and someone would right. need a pill, and right. someone would need a talking to, right? And some people would need tough. Love. Some people really need pills, yes. yeah, because their chemistry, because the chemistry yeah. of your yeah. body. Exactly. So what you, kind of have you been to CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy? Oh yeah, it's the isn't best. that the best? <laughs> you know EMDR. Yes, and, and uh, I've done that. Yeah, yeah, craniosacral therapy, yeah. integrative manual therapy. Yeah. But that also works with the meridians in your body and helps change the chemi- chemistry right. in your body and it really can it gets it can for a lot of people get people off of pills yeah i want to do that pills are a good transition for a lot of people too yeah. while and they... speaking of transitioning yeah <laughs> right. everything's a transition uh, so, i yeah. want to do the emdr i know because i'm trying to it's fantastic yeah 
Who do you have a good one in New York? No, uh, in Florida. I went down to Florida yeah. because I was I had this Letterman thing in my head all the time. Right. You know, I have it's like, like I, obsessed. I know. And right. It's all like, the you know, there's shame, all these, shame, shame. You're yeah, an asshole. And, uh, right. And I wasn't. I was so nice. Right. You well, know, and it was just it's like I was smiling. helping. I was helping someone cross right. the street and got arrested for wrinkling their shirt. Right. You know what I mean? That's what right. it felt like yeah. was going on. I was being so good and so right. nice and and trying to let comedians know that. You know, authenticity is what we look for at Letterman in, right. in males and females. But anyway, so I would go for EMDR Gina. to get rid of the bullshit right. that was attached to it, that I that victim bullshit that right. I had let myself. And also go. the punishing yourself. Yeah, the constantly I put punish- on all this weight yeah. because of it. Look at me. Yeah. And then my you were mom- a victim of that though, and it's good that you're moving forward from yeah. it. But I mean, but okay, I you're think you were. thirty. But I, if I didn't put my, but if I didn't go and old. do the New York Times Two. interview without, if I would have told somebody. At least that would have, you know. So I have to take the blame for that. I think that's you what have. I did. Yeah, I you have. have yeah. Like by and far. you've also reached out to to explain yourself, which yes. a lot of people don't do. Yeah. yeah, and if nobody, no one is listening to you if they are still and you're a mad great you person. That, they're just they don't want to believe. Right. And they, just, I understand that. You know, they're not listening. There are people. There are comics out there that think I've ruined their lives or whatever. And in reality, I learned from my favorite book, The Four Agreements. Right. Is one of them is don't take things personally because it's people uh, projecting their fears right. onto you. And yeah. a lot of times, comedians will project. The fact that, like, you know, that's what I believe. Again, I'm sorry, Elaine, that I'm talking about you out loud. I didn't never planned on it. But I think she was projecting her fear. She, she she, hates me, and she jumped on it, even though she was one of the comics that did do the show. Right. Well, then she's not responsible for her own failure. And isn't that nice? Yeah. Right? So right. people okay, but, 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 see, we're having Elaine on the show. Yeah. Okay? But I will tell and you I this, love Elaine. Yeah. So but don't. I, and, I, and the funny thing is, is that I think she's hilarious. I always did. She we is worked, so we worked, funny. Yeah. We worked on a set. It was right. brilliant. Right. I'm you just know. saying in general, I think the people that use others to to blame for whatever wherever they feel they're at in their own lives in I wish some we negative had music way right now. Yeah. Is a, just to yeah. start yeah. turning turn it up. Yeah. Okay, great. We Thanks, need everybody. to get we need to get Hennessy music <laughs> like oh, every time Hennessy has some philosophical thing that we can play some like Right. Dreaded I music. do regret bringing up the. Like, the uh, uh, I, I do regret bringing up somebody's name and that kind of a thing. It's right. just that we're talking, going off right. on it. Yeah, and, and I, I wasn't speaking specifically about her. I just mean anybody. That, right. You know. Right. So there are people who said, "Hey, you know." Oh my God! I just got an alert on CNN. Ready? Happened? Yeah. This is the best. Elaine Boozler. One third <laughs> of the world is now. This is from CNN. One third of the world is now overweight or obese. An increasing number of people are dying from health problems. Linked to extra pounds. Wow, it would be really perfect. It would be really perfect if, if we the just floor struck, gave struck way dead. right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they, it's gone up from one third to one fifth. No, wow. No, that's less. Oh okay. right, yeah. Right. Yeah, I used to be good at math, and then I became a comedian. Right. Yeah. Well, um, Eddie. But I always loved you, and I. I love you. You know, and uh, I've appreciated your your comedy and your honesty and your friendship and. You know, I've been dying to do your show because I knew this would come up, the yeah. chat about that. And, you know, I know that a lot of people listen. And whether they want to believe me or not, it's okay. It doesn't it really doesn't matter anymore. But nope. the good thing is, is you know, we got right. To, I and got we, this. Uh, yeah, and I love you. Yes. Um, so here's Mutual. the things you promised on the show. I'm going to go to Nebraska. Okay, Nebraska. And I want to do the Woodstock one. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I we, we asked you for this I year. know, but I can't do you it. You can't do it. And, you, and so I, I don't want to go on and, like, you know, I want to be, like, the, the big star. name. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what we called you for no they told me it was to open for caroline it wasn't opening for caroline it was only big stars on a show 
what's what we were going to do. And it was going to be you, Caroline, and one other person who I won't mention because they couldn't do it. Uh, then we changed the uh, format of the show to do that. No, but... Uh, I, well, I, can I do it next year? Of course. We want okay. to do it. You're, me and Pat Buckles are the, uh, the I, people. I don't know. And she and I would talk about you all the time. And we said, <laughs> can we get Judy? And, you know... I had a, I have another... That's a bad a time of year for me. Yeah. With the kids and the Rosh Hashanah. Well, and now you've the, got a full year to you can bring the kids up because we they put you up in okay. this beautiful... Okay, Eddie, yeah. do you think I want my fucking kids annoying me up there? Yeah, Henry sometimes. will be like, well, is there, is there a dispensary around here? <laughs> 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 Probably. Um, Eddie, thank you. Will no. you come back? I would. I would. Will you come back? Yes, come back? Of course I'll come back. Right. I, we we haven't even to- talked about anything in, you know, we talked about the past. I know. Scratch. We need to talk about what's going on now. Right. No. I have good things going on. Yeah, Really do. great things. I'm, a lot of people have approached me about creating content for the, uh, not the internet, but for major networks and uh, and also producing, you know, comedy specials. And that's what I awesome. I have not done. That's where I feel the the ageism. Right. I haven't done. A, I did a special on HBO. I did a special on yes. Comedy Central. I did a special on Logo. I haven't done a special in ten years, and I have so much material. Right. And I, we have been. It's like I have never. I'm like a great comic. Like I, I know. I'm out there every. F- I mean, like, I know. it's my fucking blood and, and life. And audiences just flock to you. I mean, the the you know, I picture your special like a George Carlin special in the round where you're right. just that's talking what, to everybody. Right? Can you produce it yourself? I don't have the money. But I that's have kids. The thing. So now I've gotten a situation where nothing's signed, and I, hopefully it'll happen. Right. They they gave me a couple of specials to show what I could do, and there's some young people, some older people. It's a combination. Right. Because recently it came out in the news that Ellen DeGeneres was going to do a TV special, which is great, and then all of a sudden people are like, oh, next they're going to get... Uh, the next they're going to get uh, Eddie Murphy. Like they're right. making fun of. They're getting old people. Right. And it's like you know. You have to see my episode of I'm Dying Up Here. It's on Sun. Uh, it's on. Oh, it'll be on I already. Saw, uh, it was on. The, you were on the previews. I saw. Right. Oh uh, yeah. So, so this is going to air cool. next week, right? Yep. Yeah. So it's all. It would have just been on two days ago. Right. Kathy Ladman. I have yeah. that on tape. And uh, Rick or Overton. maybe a week and two days ago because this will probably be a second half. Oh, right. So, yeah. Go check so it my out. episode, you're going to fucking die. I'm excited. Yeah. So, um, you know, keep me in mind for okay, those specials. Okay, what were the other things I promised? The, the festivals for sure. The, Nebraska and Woodstock. Yeah, you'll love and them. May, and can we talk about specials? and like? Yes, we can. You know, I'm making a, a list of, I've already got six ideas. They're probably going to let me do two and at the beginning but just to see right. and if it goes well because I have an idea for a show that's not a stand-up special right. but a comedy special and I have two different ideas for that and it, they're in the where they go if this works out for us we'll give you all of that stuff yeah, yeah. bitches I know baby so you all know right. I waited long enough I know. and now I'm able to Fuck yeah. help comics again motherfuckers yeah. April um, for the win uh, fuck all Eddie, y'all thank, where can people find you on the intranet um, Eddie underscore Brill because somebody stole Eddie Brill I hate Brill that E-D-D-I-E underscore B-R-I-L-L no E yeah no E and then there's the you know Instagrams and all that do you do the tweetar I do now I started when it very first started and it scared me I was like and then I stopped but I just started again yeah like around six Remember when we just like had it. to write all day and get on stage? Yes. And so now we have to fucking. Yeah. I'm up all night. I was up till three or four. I writing. know. I, tw- I 
texted you. <laughs> yes, I got the call at two, and they're yeah. the only people that are up. Uh, yeah. Caroline Ray was texting me at three thirty the other day, and she goes, "Oh, you know, we're the we're up, we're awake." Oh yeah, um, <laughs> uh, Patty Rossborough texted me at one thirty in the morning. What are those sleeping pills I should get? <laughs> I, swear to God. I know it's yes. like we're all up. We're all ambling. Um, Eddie, I love you. I, I love adore you, too, you so much. Um, always have, always will. You know, I I wanted to do this show. I've heard it before. I've heard some of my favorite friends on it. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, I wanted to be one of those favorite friends. Um, well, you are. Yay! And you'll come back. And uh, wow. Um, yeah. Do we have anything else to say? Here's our last. Um. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. And as we always say, so long! (laughs) And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long.